A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Wrestle Culture. <clears throat> Come and get your wrestling bags. <laughs> They're on up <laughs> until December. <laughs> Heavy duty wrestling bags. They're long <laughs> and black and slender. <laughs> I'm Adam Wilmore from What Culture. Join by Phil James and Michael Hamlet from What Culture. <laughs> on in wrestling this week. Before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW, Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on rest culture. As I said, though, joined by Phil and Hamlet. Uh, I thought that was rather apt, an homage to the wonderful Phoenix Knights on the back of... I don't want to make light of the firings, but it's it, preposterous, isn't it, Hamlet, that, that we found out that it, Mickey James has been sent all of the stuff that this loyal WWE performer, sensational performer, in my opinion, gets sent her stuff. And she's not the only one in a bloody black bin bag. Now, I will clarify this and say before we get into any hot water, any trouble here, Mark Carano has been fired. But John Laurinaitis is, is the one pointing the finger at Mark Corona. So there's no official word as to whether that is, you know, the actual state of affairs. But regardless of whoever it is in WWE, my word, what are they thinking, Hamlet? I mean, it is quite apt because you're a piece of trash expecting me to be able to segue from popping at your Phoenix Night song to offering some serious analysis <laughs> on the back of Not even what I signed up for when I came off the subs bench for this. Um, yeah, it's... It's a surprise and not a shock, you know. It's both of those things, isn't it? It's WWE's um, man and indeed woman management over the years has failed in numerous ways, uh, and this is just one to add to the list. I think it was an interesting and quite unique exercise in optics management from a company that almost never acknowledges anything for the likes of Stephanie McMahon and Triple H to tweet and the people I assume John Laurinaitis pays to control his account, like Patton's <laughs> same sort of comment. Um, they never normally go near this with a 20-foot pole. And yet, for whatever reason, they've just thought this is the right time to hang somebody out to drive from it. As you say, like, they're, you know, it'll all come out in the wash eventually, like everything about John Laurinaitis' original tenure did. It's not like there's a book that, I don't know, might still be available on shop.whatculture.com that explains what a catastrophe John Laurinaitis was in that role. There's a cheap plug for my fellow Dadley. Like, it's it's happening again. Like it's happening again, and we're so soon at this role. It could be Mark Carano, uh, it could be Laurenitis, but it is WWE. Try not to get sort of like 
washed and this is to anybody listening try not to get like swept away in this as a single incident thing when it's really it just sort of like it's reflective of what we already know and often speculate about how this company does business it might be one of Vince McMahon's best creative lies that WWE is this magnificently run empire and this is like a shining example of how it isn't best of luck in your future endeavors. yeah I, <laughs> that I Phil, mean, what's your serious view on this now that I've just hit another <laughs> But Phil, like, it, obviously bad enough if just if this had just happened to, to one person uh, with, with Mickey James. Um, but I think Lillian Goss, uh, not Lillian Goss here, what's, what's the name I'm looking for here? Gillian Hall. Gillian Hall, thank you. Uh, Gillian Hall's tweeted something along those lines and, you know, others have said this has happened to them. And even some people, even when their stuff is shoved in a black bing bag, has been sent to the wrong person. I mean, it gets worse and worse, this, doesn't it? It's utterly ridiculous. And the fact that it's happened before is just so much worse. It's just the sort of visual metaphor of the whole thing, of it's like some kind of satirical comedy show doing a skit about how WWE treats people, <laughs> but it's actually how WWE treats people. It's, yeah, it's like you couldn't write that stuff. It's just uh, so, so bad. I guess, I guess they've done the right thing coming out of it, I guess is one thing you can say, like very publicly apologized for it and things with like Triple H and Stephanie, but it's never, ever should have happened in the first place. The only thing that wouldn't, that wouldn't really surprise me now is if as part of their Q1 financials, they were like, we've saved loads of money. Uh, we've earned loads, of course, because of Peacock deal. We've sacked loads of people we didn't need to sack. And we didn't have to buy as many cardboard boxes because we got a group deal on some bloody bin bags. So that was good. Putting over their own like internal green policy as the most futuristic in the, all of, <laughs> in all of like, major business or something like that. Uh, more sort of firings fall out this week as well, Phil, uh, and the real revelation, I suppose, that quite a lot of the people who were sacked were rather unhappy with their booking. And Kalisto was sat there saying, sorry, why am I still a part of Lucha House? But I thought we split. And they were like, ah, no, you're all you're all mates, aren't you? Unbelievable, this again. It's almost like you can see these things coming when you have that many people unhappy backstage. It's mental. The Kalisto thing, like what was... They broke up the Luke Charles party again. Like there's so many of this thing that's just the most ridiculous thing is that loads of them were in tag teams that were as successful as you can be as a WWE tag team uh, that they broke up and then had nothing for them and then fired them. Just don't break them up in the first place. You're desperate for tag teams. And the Luke Charles party thing, they broke them up and then Kalisto just appeared randomly in backstage segments on SmackDown as almost like a bit character in some behind, behind the scenes of other people's skits. It's, I don't understand it. It just seems like it was like, right, it all go your separate ways. And then I think they had some sort of spot, if I remember rightly, in the, the Battle Royal before WrestleMania. It's like, oh, the Lucha guys, all the Lucha guys doing Lucha things together. I'm like, I thought they, they aren't friends anymore. Obviously, like Lindsay Dorado, Grand Metal League, whatever. But I just... I just it gets worse. Like like I said on the news today, uh, Hamlet. Like think about all the goodwill they had off coming off the back of WrestleMania 37, and we're what two weeks on, and it's just it's worse than it was going into WrestleMania. It's the South Park meme, isn't it? And it's gone. Like, <laughs> like they just they're the victims of. I mean, they're the victims of nothing clearly, but like in terms of like our coverage of it and our perception of the company, like they're the victims of their own doing 
Like they make up the rules as they go along. And then when it doesn't suit their narrative, they change them. Triple H this week said, uh, there's some imaginary war, I a war that you started um, with <laughs> AEW. And now NXT can just focus on being NXT in any way. It's like Vince said 20 years ago, Raw's competing with King of the Hill and Sopranos. It's not competing with WCW. NXT's competing with all your favourite television shows. It's on a Tuesday night at prime time. Blah, 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 blah. Well, it's not, because then you wouldn't have this Callisto situation, wouldn't you? Like, take a major network show, that they, like relationships with characters, friends. Like, imagine just, like, one week, Ross and Rachel aren't together, and then all the viewers are like, hang on, like, you just made me invest, like, two years to watch this show. <laughs> And they're like, no, we didn't. And then they sat Jennifer Aniston. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, Ross was actually going out with Phoebe the whole time. You've not been watching. Uh, <laughs> sounds to me like you're getting some imaginary storylines in your head. Sorry we didn't satisfy your whims, friends, fans. Like, they, they just make it up as they go along, and they fit. They find the narrative that suits them that week. As I say about their bin bag apologies, it's just we cannot believe that a former member of our roster has been trekked this way. Well, you can't believe about the last 30 years of history then. Mm. Like, <laughs> where are the tweets for every other wrestler's maltreatment over the past, like, like several decades? It, it doesn't exist. They just, honestly, like, it's much of their, like, corporate policies are probably written on the back of a cigarette packet, and then that <laughs> one's thrown away into a bin bag, and then they get a new one. I feel like what we're talking about here for, you know, 10 or so minutes, Phil, was summed up perfectly by that gif that CM Punk responded to Triple H with the like, mm, are you sure about that? <laughs> yeah, it's just happened too many times for them to still have goodwill for these things and like see the benefit of the doubt or whatever it is. It's just one thing after another. And it's when does it end? It's like you're only just thinking like maybe we're just scratching the surface of this kind of stuff that goes on. Like what else could, if you deep delve deep into the sort of, backstory and dark history of WWE what other stuff have they done and just not been called out on yet WrestleMania 37 or like a show that you like is basically just like a VR headset you put something on for a couple of hours and you're like I quite enjoy this version of WWE and then the show finishes you take the headset off and you're like oh yeah it's this it's this <laughs> like I had a VR headset every time like Bailey and Sasha were on television last year and then oh we're on to the next match now right off come the shades here we go more of this garbage like that's it you just you have to sort of choose the bits that almost don't feel of the real world before you get back to the very normal WWE doing very normal WWE things I just I love the idea of the way they book WWE being replicated in Friends. So like the opening credits, instead of Jennifer Aniston, the week after that happened to like, with Joey, Ross, Gunther. Everyone likes Gunther, right? Look, it's Gunther, it's Gunther, it's the Gunther show. <laughs> no one told you life was gonna be this way because we literally don't tell any stories anymore. <laughs> oh, I, I kind of want to see what would happen to other shows if they were booked by WWE. As we know from like every show would start with a five minute monologue. <laughs> well, as we know from like the Twitter super fans of WWE, like there'd be no sense of context because they obviously haven't got any friends. Nobody's allowed to get along on WWE television. It's just like, like the whole point of the whole premise of Friends is yeah, but can they coexist? <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the will they won't they of like Moonline or whatever it was. It's, can they coexist? Well, can, can they coexist? Can they coexist? Hey, there'd be plenty of wedding episodes to pop a rating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very good point. And then, like, who shot Phil? Who cares? He can't die. Phil <laughs> <laughs> is kind of the fiend of Albert Square, really, isn't he? When you think about it, <laughs> I love that fiend, Mitchell. 
Do you know, I randomly stumbled into it. This has gone completely off on a tangent already, and it's all my fault. Do you know he's shagging cat now in EastEnders? They're just going on a bloody roundabout on that show. Shag her, shag them, do this, do whatever. Start again. <laughs> Family. Anyway, let's I'll try and salvage this track. <laughs> Phil, uh, I'm going to pass to you on this because me and Hamlet have done an entire podcast about this, which will be out tomorrow regarding the future of Daniel Bryan. Uh, big news this week, him saying he wanted out of the main event of WrestleMania 37, him saying he had that sort of weird, odd detachment being involved in it. Uh, and now he's talking about wanting to wrestle for other companies. Good luck with that, Brian. Um, your reaction to all that news and, well, could he be all elite? Whisper it. I don't see it personally. I don't know why. Like Daniel Bryan's got to that point in my head where he feels like a WWE guy now. Like he isn't that kind of indie guy. And I think, like, judging by, like, his past year in WWE, he enjoys, I guess this might go completely against my point, but he, he enjoys sort of working with newer people and, like, different guys and giving them a bit of an opportunity and a good match on the main roster and things, mm-hmm. which, I, like I say, just goes against my point. With, with Why wouldn't he want to go to AEW and work with all the new talent there? <laughs> um, but it, there's just something about him where, it's, like, he's going to earn a lot of money. He'll probably go on to a, a lesser contract a lesser um, work schedule anyway and be a bit of a part-timer and come in and out I imagine and he's got his kid now and he seems like he's got a different mindset than when he was sort of first out of WWE when he was just utterly desperate to get back in the ring and if he didn't do it then which would have been surely his golden opportunity when WWE weren't clearing him to go elsewhere then why would he do it now when he's kind of could probably have a bit of a cushy position within WWE and still have all his time off with his his family and things like that. I don't know why. There's just something about it that I just I don't quite I don't see it happening now. Mm. And I love the the eternal optimism that he had. Hamlet. I read today. I think he said he would like. Oh, I'd like to work with Jonathan Gresham and, and Jungle Boy and stuff. And I was like, yeah, unless they come to WWE, that ain't gonna be happening, mate. <laughs> well, I mean, we obviously go long form on the, the podcast that's going to drop. But yeah, like he's got what's very very sort of. Um, I don't know, like I get what connects so many people to Daniel Bryan is that he has, he's always had this energy that sort of exists outside of WWE. Even Mm -hmm. when he's on screen in WWE, he feels a bit of an alien. Like he doesn't exist in their universe. He just happens to somehow wrestle in it with satisfaction. Those names he lists tend to always be outside of the bubble, which I think is by design because he just has such job security and safety to know that he can say any name he wants. And they don't have to, like, I, we joked about it yesterday, but like, Danny Bryan has dreams of wrestling new guys. Vincent Man Solution drafts him a raw. You know, that's not, <laughs> those aren't the people that Daniel Bryan's talking about. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, like, I, I've I've changed on this every day. I think I changed in the middle of the podcast we did. I get where, I get Phil's point. It's, it's just, it's a, a really tough one to visualize. In this recent era of being able to visualize so many wrestlers next to that, so-and-so-and-so-and-so is all elite graphic that we've mm. kind of grown accustomed to. Brian's never been one of those ones. And I, I don't know what that is. I, it's just a gut feeling, I guess. Um, but it's never say never. It's wrestling. And I can already hear the bin bag being prepared with all those like unused <laughs> no T-shirts from 2014 getting tossed <laughs> in as we speak. A hemp bin bag, at least. At very well, least. obviously, yeah. <laughs> Randomly, do we have, just as I mentioned him, did we have Gresham in, in WCPW for like one match? I seem to remember he's Mint, if I remember rightly. I think so, yeah. I think it's like part of some remember. CK stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google this. Yeah, I can't remember what he did. We had it, 
still boggles my mind when you go back through who we actually had and it's like oh yeah and then oh there oh yeah this guy and oh yeah this guy you know, oh yeah angle you know, oh yeah cody oh yeah ray mysterio what is this well it's <laughs> like it's great because we can still name about 50 percent of the wrestlers too <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> yeah he tagged with chris brooks which is great uh, there you go in a, a valiant defeat to aussie open for the tag team titles uh yeah but like he's you say, doing great in ddt these days chris yeah. brooks Mm. Like, like you say, um, did the thing this week on, on our YouTube channel, looking back at, you know, stuff that we've done for 2 million subscribers. Thanks once again for everyone for, for helping us hit that incredible milestone. And uh, yeah, I look back on one of the one of the random one of the first videos I did advertising a WCPW show and was like, oh, yeah, we had the Young Bucks versus Bloody War Machine. That was a thing that happened. Jesus. <laughs> oh. Joe Hendry versus Will Ospreay for the world title. Just incredible to think about looking back on that. But if Daniel Bryan does go, Michael Hamflet, plenty more plate people who could fill that spot because even more celebrity wrestlers are being discussed now. Uh, Adebayo Akinfenwa, uh, who's just a giant of English lower league football, plays for Wickham Wanderers, just an absolute beast. Uh, he has been linked with WWE and... Uh, former UFC champion, uh, two weight world champion, if I'm not mistaken. In fact, uh, Henry Cejudo has uh, has been linked to it, which you know with the, the success of crossover athletes like Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, and I could list many, many more. Of course, um, would make a lot of sense. What do you reckon about this? Just, just anyone could have a bloody go, go now, can't they? Massively into it. Like the everything we were just talking about before, the nothing matters, there's no rules principle means that everyone gets a turn has never felt more logical. This idea that you can like grab a ticket like when you're waiting for meat at a deli and it just turns out that the ticket's got a WWE contract on it. It's sort <laughs> of ideally suited to their content production era. Um, like you say, it's great when you think of the like I love the idea of somebody with a UFC background coming. And I say UFC specifically because I don't have a great knowledge of MMA. But what I do know about UFC is obviously that promotionally borrowed a lot from WWE when it really started like breaking out with this big competition for WWE with the Ultimate Fighter in, what, 2005, that sort of period of time. Yeah. Like, they put video package together and like and did promos that just mirrored the way that pro wrestling sold matches and transposed on a selling fight. So when you talk about people with that background in UFC, like Ronda Rousey and like Bad Bunny, that have made just a massive success of themselves <laughs> in WWE, it's just, it's, it's a perfect fit. I think, like, I think there's enough evidence to suggest Kane Velasquez aside, that there's a sort of a fairly straightforward transference of skills from one thing to another if people are interested in doing doing all the work, whether that be promo classes, uh, taking bumps, whatever, what they consider the weak parts of their game, I guess. Um, it can be it can be rounded off into a, a very neat sort of pro wrestling package. It extends out to other sports, as we've seen with Anthony Agogo in the last couple of weeks in EW. Booking, like generally speaking, booking will probably want to favour the outside involvement because you want to like get the best out of your money. They tend to not come cheap. So you want, they're going to try and like maximise your investment. So the booking will always look after them, which once upon a time would have annoyed the absolute out of me because I'd have that like purist view of like, well, what about my, oh, my Dolph Ziggler's and the like, but it's just... They know what they're all there for now. Like, if you, if, if Ricochet is deeply unhappy with his lot, he'd leave. Mm. You know, he'd see out the remainder of his contract. 
he would go, he'd light up a couple of shoot interviews, and then he'd be a massive star in New Japan again or AEW or whatever. Like the wrestlers there, as much as we can and sometimes do cry for them, they know what they're in for by signing WWE deals. And they know that every now and then a rapper or a singer or an MMA star or whomever is going to rock up and like a Seth Rollins would t- say, take food off their table <laughs> because they're just, they're of a greater interest to Vince McMahon that week. There is a reason, Phil, why no matter what's going on in his life, Whenever the Royal Rumble rolls around, now near, near the bottom of the list with your Grant Holtz or your Vince McMahon's or whoever it may be, Conor McGregor is perennially on there because of the reason <laughs> that was laid out. Yeah, he's he's that name's always been around, especially with the sort of personality side of it as well, and like the legit athlete side. It's almost like a natural fit for WWE. Yeah, that you just wonder how this hasn't already happened at some point. But I mean. We all know the ultimate dream one here is we already know he can cut a promo. We already know he's a wrestling fan. We already know that he has a bit of beef with WWE as well. When are we finally going to get that dream match between John Cena and John Oliver? Yes, on their birthday today. That's what I want to Exactly. That's what I want to know. God. I watched a great interview with, with uh, Cena. Uh, I think it was with Stephen Colbert a few weeks ago. And it... I just miss him so bloody much because he was he was you know joking about him and John Oliver and uh, and the Suicide Squad stuff and I just thought you know I, I, I had a pop at you back in the day but God damn do I miss you right about now John Cena so yeah hopefully we'll get him back <laughs> although the bright lights of Hollywood Hamlet we said don't go and then he left again yeah it, like. I want Cena to come back and work that program with somebody else to foreshadow who's going to be the next one to leave. Like, I'm, I'm going to drag him again. Like, imagine if Dolph Ziggler got that, like, thing, like, you said that you'd never leave WWE and you left and blah, blah, blah. And then, like, fight, he's thinking, oh, great, now it's gonna, I'm gonna, my, my stand-up career is finally going to take off. And then there's, like, <laughs> the cycle ends there. There's nobody to do that angle with Dolph Ziggler in 10 years because he hasn't left. He's yeah. still there. Still a dirty dog on their 18th run as tag team champion. <laughs> You said you'd never leave, and then Stand Up New York came calling, and you and you left again. <laughs> uh, one final thing I want to talk to you about, uh, Phil. Uh, this story is just astonishing. Uh, Impact Wrestling Executive Vice President Scott Demore invoking the name of TNA. I realize Impact and TNA are the same thing, but I think nowadays, as Impact is like a nice, good promotion with all you know with this great roster of talent that, you know, one of those things that people often say, oh, you're kind of sleeping on Impact. There's all this great stuff. It's obviously got Impact Wrestling Rebellion this Sunday. you got Omega versus Rich one title for title. But I'll tell you what, the rumours of a return of TNA got me thinking about some of our favourite, best, worst TNA moments. Uh, what do you reckon to this? And, and what are your, some of your questionable memories of, of those three letters? <laughs> There's a lot of questionable memories of those three letters. Um, <laughs> they've kind of been not, I don't know whether teasing it or what, whether something was like foreshadowing it slightly with recently because they had just Moose randomly bring back the TNA World Heavyweight title yeah. and claim it as his own. Uh, and now, like, Rich Swan's a kind of odd double champion from after he beat Moose and now he's still carrying around the TNA World Championship and the Impact World Championship. And I guess. I don't know if he's going to give both of those belts to Kenny Omega at the weekend or just the one, I'm not entirely sure. Or whether the whole point of this TNA return is that Kenny Omega takes the Impact title and then like, oh, what do we do now? Oh, well, we've still got this TNA title. And then they can <laughs> carry on with that. 
Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's like, yeah, like you say, Impact's one of those sleeper shows that like now it's just, I kind of have a lot of respect for it because it just does what it wants to do and kind of gets on with it. And it's really weird when you watch it. Like there's really odd segments. Like there's a, been a long standing skit about Johnny Swinger's casino and they've not explained where it's come from. It's just this dude running a casino from a dressing room and it makes no sense whatsoever, but they just kind of stick to it and stick with the guns and go for it. It's like the who shot, um, what's his face uh, storyline that they're just like, oh, well, we'll just kill someone and then bring him back to life. And it's fine because it's, it's just the story. It's like they, they're unapologetically ridiculous with their stories. And I kind of like, kind of into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got to bring up Jeff Hardy if you're going for worst TNA moments ever. Oh. Versus staying at Victory Road. But it's, it's kind of, when you're looking for worst TNA moments, it's kind of difficult. It's Sophie's choice to actually pick one. Like all <laughs> the entire Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff era, like that entire thing. It's surely one big moment. Um, I guess if you go into good moments, you've got to go right back to the beginning and the just general excitement over the sort of new form and new uh, way of doing it, where they were just building pay-per-view, 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 pay-per-view before they actually got their the TV. It's bonkers, is that they? I still can't get over. It. We talked about yeah, that roaring still a mad before. thing. Oh. But to just put a shine a light on guys like AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, mm. uh, and some of the matches that came out of it were absolutely amazing in the early days. But it's it's had a hell of a rocky road as TNA, and it's been going for a hell of a long time now, and it just refuses to die. It's such a weird promotion. <laughs> So just a real thing to look back on as well, Hamlet, because like like Phil alluded to there, it was like like you obviously think of Joe Daniels and Styles just p- putting out these you know match of the year contenders in, in almost in spite of the show that they're on. Yeah, often it, it, TNA as a product, and like I would include some of Impact Wrestling in this. By the way, I just love how TNA will always be in the DNA of Impact Wrestling. In Phil's amazing summary of who shot what's his face. I think that sums up like <laughs> his inability to promote brilliantly because we were absolutely all talking about that angle. And already I also, without Googling in front of me now, can't remember. I think it was Johnny Bravo, but I could be wrong about that. I'm yes, Johnny Bravo. Uh, no, it wasn't Johnny. Well, yeah, it was Johnny Bravo, yeah. Yeah, like, but that is, that's very much, that's such a TNA, like there'll always be TNA in Impact Wrestling, regardless of the branding, because that kind of speaks to how everybody's always felt about it. It's always got in the way of itself. Um, the X Division was awesome, but it had like loads of other like disastrous elements to the show happening, like in sync with it. Um, I if when they sort of evoke TNA the letters, and you're allowed even for a split second, as in Phil's book in there, like what if the TNA title suddenly means that they have to revert to TNA for a bit until they can get the get the Impact belt back? That's a bit like like NXT giving me in your house. But like NXT did it for one night and built a set. Like Impact could potentially like revert to TNA for a month or something. And the whole promotion has to go back to just this chaos energy of the old ways. Um, it ju- it couldn't ever. What TNA did, the original TNA, it never once, when you look back, was ever remotely a number two, but always like pretended like it was. Mm. And I've got like a huge admiration for how they fooled the world for so long. Um, like when Hogan and Bischoff came in in 2010 and tanked the entire thing, <laughs> their sales pitch was, you're so close, you just need us. And it was like, in reality, it was like, they're really far away and you've just widened the gap. 
<laughs> but for a while, they've tried so many things that you know, surely, like going into that, this isn't going to work. Like Vince Russo, like, come on. Yeah, I think yeah. he's proved long enough. This isn't going to work. <laughs> Perception wise, it's astonishing how, like, I attended TNA house shows and you're in this, like, full crowd getting the gift of an AJ Styles match, which you wouldn't get otherwise, or the gift of a Jeff Jarrett international appearance, which you never got otherwise. <laughs> and you like, and the crowd are going mad, and you're like, this is for real. This is an alternative. And then you look at the attendances elsewhere in the world and it's like 20 people or everybody for free at the impact zone. Like the UK was a hotspot because we could watch it for free on our like free to air channels in the UK. Like I've got like bucket loads of happy TNA memories from like attending shows live from just like watching on the television. I remember like the Kings of wrestling with like Elvis suited Jeff Jarrett, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. <laughs> I remember like, Main event mafia with three piece suited Kurt Angle, Scott Steiner, and Kevin Nash. I remember Paparazzi Productions with the Motor City Machine Guns with Kevin Nash. I remember Dr. Nash. I can't remember who did that one. Like, I've just got so much joy in my heart when I like I go through this roller decks of TNA memories that it's almost as if if you tried it now, especially while I was still an empty arena, and Christ, Impact's Arena is the emptiest of them all. God, the ambience is weird. Yes, like, I almost think like TNA could make it work. I think I'd watch TNA and I'd start to think, oh, that's AEW going into third. I think WWE <laughs> got Like make the, make the ring like like eight-sided or something just to sort of differentiate slightly from the six-sided one and just go like balls to the wall with it. Get Vince Russo back out. Start having him introduce his people with, you pieces of... Oh, there's nobody here. It's whoever. It's, it's AC Romero. And just, you know, off to the races. Yeah, we got the chance to, to review sex in TNA on the Raw review this week and check that out. And uh, yeah, as much as I want to sit here and talk about, you know, like you say, Bischoff and Hogan, and of course, Russo and the god awful storylines and reverse battle royals and things like that. I also is, is perfectly reflective of almost the wrestling industry as a whole. The Claire Lynch storyline, which is obviously terrible, it's awful. But the fact that the TNA fans went to the extent of finding the actress who played Claire Lynch and was like, you bitch, what are you doing? And it's like, all right, calm down, guys. She plays like olive oil or something around the corner. Just just pump the brakes a little bit. How great is that, by the way, as well? They don't bother with like a casting call. Like one of them just goes into the park and goes, you, you'll do. Olive oil <laughs> over there. You want to play a pregnant drug addict? We'll give you six weeks wages. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Uh, right, before we get to the hashtag uh, buddy good quiz, I've sort of buried the lead here. Uh, Michael Hamfler is, of course, SmackDown tonight, and Phil Chambers as uh, one half of the SmackDown review. You must be so excited about getting the biggest talent on your show, the biggest WWE star in well, decades to have a paper plate on his face. Slapjack, how are you feeling <laughs> about tonight? The big debut of him taking the title off Roman Reigns, then. Finally, Smackjack comes back to SmackDown. <laughs> Been a long time. They were there with their chainsaws. I remember those days, and now they're finally coming back. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, get your raw stink off my SmackDown. Is what I said to this. I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't care. Maybe they'll take his paper plate off and he'll be amazing. No, you never know. No, I've, I've just thought of it then as you were talking. Show opens tonight. Roman Reigns comes out. I get very excited. Walks down to the ring. Everyone's like, oh, what's going to happen? You know, is Edge going to come back? Is Daniel Bryan going to come back? Are we going to follow up on what happened with Cesaro last week? Bollocks to all that. Postman Pierce comes out and he says, Roman Reigns, you know what you are? You're a paper champion. And for a paper <laughs> champion, I got the perfect guy. Here comes Slapjack. <laughs> hey, head of the table. We're going to take food off your table and put it on this paper plate. It's Slapjack. <laughs> slapjack. 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 <laughs> Also, I realised as well, I thought of this just the other day. On, on They're trying to make Raw a better show. They're like, okay, all we need to do is, uh, you know, get that spirit of SmackDown that they've got. Like, look how everyone receives SmackDown. Everyone thinks Raw's crap. We want that spirit. We want that spirit. We want the, you know, are you ready for a good time? <laughs> they've sent the email. They've missed the D off. And they go, goo time? Oh, bollocks, we need more goo. Oh, no. <laughs> and that's why they did more stupid nonsense with Shane McMahon and Braun throwing in green goo and dungeon bollocks like that. Sweet Jesus. Right, anyway, enough of all that. It's now time for a... Bloody good quiz. And this week's quiz is brought to you by CJ. If you want your name associated with the hashtag bloody good quiz, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling. Leave us a five-star review on there. And CJ has done just that, writing, Hello, gentlemen, my name is CJ. I just want to say thank you for the content on the What Culture podcast. Listening to you guys take the piss out of WWE's stupid booking decisions is hilarious. Uh, you go into such great detail describing a match, whether you like it or you don't. I'll be taking a break from Raw due to the terrible show and the unfortunate spring cleaning this dreadful company has done. But still, cheers, lads. Thank you for that, CJ. And I thought I'd do a little quiz this week all about WWE firings. Usual rules apply. Ten questions, multiple shows, shouting name, wait for me to come to you. But most importantly, it's just for fun. I've been practicing that this week after I dropped a word I shouldn't drop last week, Phil. So. What's he done, Phil? What's oh, he done now? You have to go back to the podcast and have a listen. Yeah. <laughs> I went to say just for fun, and I said a word that sounds like fun, but you can't say on podcasts. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> it, had been a, it had been a long old week, and I went back and I was going, I went, 
Oh, I think I say myself. I think I listen back. I was like, no, if someone someone listens to that, that's getting complained straight away. But maybe that's why they played all of our bloody podcast this week. No, I'm joking. Uh, that should be, <laughs> by the way. Uh, right. Ten questions all about WWE firings. Gents, here we go. Start off nice and easy. Question number one. Daniel Bryan was briefly fired from WWE for choking Justin Roberts with what? Phil. I think that was Phil Just. Oh, his tie. His tie is correct. Do you know how confident I was that you would have jumped in before I gave you the options there? My options were a belt, his tie, TV cable, or just the word hemp, because I was like, well, they'll jump in. <laughs> uh, okay, 1-0 to Phil. Question two. On what special day was CM Punk officially... Um, Phil. That was his wedding day, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Again, knew you were going to jump in there because the options were going to be his birthday, Christmas day, his wedding day, or 420. <laughs> <laughs> you could have been there. <laughs> uh, okay, question three. What words allegedly got Brad Maddox fired? Was it cax, wanker, dickhead, or pricks? Ooh. Phil. I go on, Phil. I'm gonna go with pricks. Pricks is correct. Well done. I think he cut some promo. I think it was just a house show as well. Or at the very least, it wasn't on telly. And he called the crowd cocky pricks. And they went, hey buddy, we're gonna have to let you go. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's just one of Vince's little no-nos, basically. Uh right, two one to go. Question four. Charlie and Jackie Haas were fired when they returned from their honeymoon. But where on their honeymoon did they go? Ooh. Was it? By the way, the options for this, I just Googled nice places to go on honeymoon. So don't try <laughs> like backwards psychology here. Where did they go? Was it the West Indies, Mexico, Australia or Europe? Pamphlet. Mexico. It's not Mexico. Ooh, that's the one I would have said. What were the other ones? Uh, the West Indies, Australia, or Europe. Ooh. I'm going to go with this one just because I got 50 Bentleys in the West Indies. <laughs> it is the West hey! Indies. <laughs> Thanks, Rock. <laughs> Question. I'd like to pretend it doesn't matter, but I'm devastated by that. <laughs> Question five. Who was fired from WWE in the shortest time? Public Enemy, Mr. Perfect, Dean Douglas, or Buff Bagwell? Hamlet. Gotta be Buff the Stuff. It's a week. Yeah, sure. One week. It was Buff Bagwell. Poor Buff didn't have the stuff. His mom rang in sick for him, didn't she? <laughs> I just want to find out, didn't I? Yeah, it, there he is. Yeah, yeah. Buff the stuff lasted a week. Uh, whereas Aloysia, is that right? <laughs> Aloysia from NXT season three, yeah. <laughs> Zero <laughs> days! <laughs> She's a giant in this photo, by the way, mm. compared to... Well, I mean, she's next to AJ Lee, I think, so... Yeah. <laughs> That's sweet. Yeah, zero. But Buff Bagwell, only a week. Uh, okay. Three, two, halfway. 
Uh, question six. John Lauren, <coughs> excuse me. John Laurinaitis was fired from WWE after John Cena beat the big show in what match? Was it steel cage match, an I quit match, a street fight, or a TLC match? Pamphlet. Uh, I quit. It's not I quit. What were the other ones? Steel Cage, Street Fight, or TLC? Oh, I don't know. Kind of want to see TLC just because it sounds like a WWE thing. <laughs> Put Big Show in a TLC match. <laughs> Are you going for? Uh, don't know. Yeah, why not? I've no idea. TLC. It wasn't TLC. It was, in fact, a steel cage match. Ah. Do you remember the reinforced ladders they would give Big Show? Because it's like, look, he's too fat for the runs. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading about this. I, could, I genuinely completely forgot. I remembered the whole, you know, John Laurinaitis, John Cena, main event ahead of... Was that the, the main event of Punk, Punk Brian? Yeah. <laughs> Over the limit, that was, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I remember that, and then they brought Big Show coming back. I completely forgot about all this. And apparently the next night, he booked a three-on-one match. John Laurinaitis, Big Show, and oh, the Otunga are drinking the bloody coffee against John Cena. And even Show and Otunga went, now nah, bollocks to this, and just walked out and just left him to get his arse handed to him by John Cena. Uh, right, question seven, I believe. Yes. What year was Matt Hardy fired after exposing Edge and Lee? 2005, bless him. That's what I was going to say. Well remembered. Exposing Edge and Lee is a fair. It was 2000. And five went to a house show that April, and the people of Newcastle were unkind to Lita. <laughs> oh, I'll bet. <laughs> uh, right, three each with three questions to go. Uh, the infamous plane ride from hell took place after what UK pay per view? Pamphlet, uh, Insurrection 2002. Got the year right, it was Insurrection. Oh, the stories of that from that place. It's just like stories on top of stories on top. It's like, so yeah, yeah Brock Lesnar and Mr. Perfect nearly opened a bloody plane door and uh, Rick Blair was walking around and his robe was open and Goldberg was serenading people and all this. It's like, sweet. Is that also, didn't X-Pac do something as well on that flight? He cut off um, Michael Hayes' mullet and they pinned it on a board backstage at the next TV taping. <laughs> Michael Hayes is asleep. There's a, like a great aside as well where like apparently like Steve Austin's up in first class, like either asleep or just ignoring it or whatever. And I love the idea of him like getting woken up and just like going to like one of the air stewards like, am I having a word in coach, please? <laughs> also, I didn't think I could love X-Pac more, but I didn't realise that's what happened. And I do. Sure, yeah. man, what a guy. He's great, man. That's going to be his eighth Hall of Fame induction. Everyone on the plane ride from hell. <laughs> uh, right. Question nine. <clears throat> Emma was brief briefly fired by WWE for, get this, accidentally shoplifting an iPad case that she forgot <laughs> to scan at a self-checkout. She was immediately... I remember that. But the question is, lads, how much did that iPad case cost? <laughs> <laughs> was it $21, $41, $61, or $81? Pamphlet. Go middle for diddle and we'll say $41. It wasn't $41. Uh, how much can you actually spend on an iPad case? Oh, Let's yeah. go with $21. <clears throat> 
It is $21, which means for each, we go to the final question. Well, as always, I it's expected just it to be this close going into the last one against Hamlet. <laughs> this um, is where Wilborn tells us, I'm sorry to report, guys, that the loser of this quiz actually gets fired. <laughs> <laughs> I've got both your possessions here in bin bags. <laughs> uh, final question is all about Mickey James's firing in 2010, aside from the alleged justification of her weight, which is just bollocks, by the way. Um, I won't go into more about that. But what was the other reason Mickey James was allegedly fired in 2010? Is it because she was late for the bus, the talent bus? Uh, is it because she forgot a backstage reporter's name? Is it because she botched a move and injured someone? Or is it because she swore on live TV? Phil, no idea, but I'm going to go with the bus. It is. She was late <laughs> for the bus. What? I, see, I vaguely a... remember something like that. I didn't realise it was her, though. What a load of... Anyway. Yeah. To, like, we should like, have fired oh. Keith Lee from WCPW then. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Just like neither of them are justifications for firing anyone, but I mean, WWE said they're like, okay, the two half reasons put them together. Out you go, Mickey. Unbelievable, but yes, Phil, you are right. Unfortunately, Michael Hamsler, uh, you're gonna have to take, uh, I'm gonna fire you for at least two days next week. How does that sound? Look, wait, are you telling me that I can't review Raw on Tuesday? I am unfortunately letting you know that you're not gonna be back until the NXT review on Wednesday in the AEW Dynamite preview. Well, I was going to file a tribunal before you told me that, but we're all good. We're fine. You can, you can, <laughs> you're going to have to find something to do for four days over this long weekend. I'm punishing you with. <laughs> Expect to hear from my solicitors of my rightful dismissal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but once again, thank you to uh, CJ for having their name associated with this, uh, this hashtag bloody good quiz. If you want your name associated with next week's, uh, subscribe to What Culture Wrestling and leave us a five star review on there. And let us know your thoughts on everything we've discussed today on Twitter at What Culture WWE. Well, actually, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Phil Chambers at. At Phil My Chambers, and you can follow Michael Hamflet at at Michael Hamflet. You can follow me. Sorry, yeah. You can follow Adam Wilborn, please. I'm not used to this. It's fine. Adam (laughs) Wilborn, follow us all at What Culture WWE. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from, and make sure you join us tomorrow, Phil, on our YouTube channel for a What Culture Bloody Good Quiz. Yes, tomorrow. Tomorrow, join us for that. It's uh, it's well worth checking out. That that'll be on there as part of our two million subscribers celebration, of course. And once again, thank you so much for helping us hit that milestone. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. As I said, including the SmackDown review with Phil and Gareth tomorrow. Myself and Hamlet talking more about Daniel Bryan's WWE future. That podcast will be out on Saturday. And on Sunday, uh, myself and Sidge are going to sit down and talk all things AEW blood and guts. But for now, this has been WrestleCulture. My thanks to Phil Chambers, to Michael Hamlet, to you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Wrestling. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.